Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Megan Gomez. This is Collateral Gaming. Welcome to Collateral Gaming, the only video game podcast that matters, where we focus on good games, bad games, and everything else in between in the world of gaming. We are podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. And welcome, guys, to our anniversary special... Happy anniversary, podcast! Woohoo! Woo! This is season three, so we've already been doing this for for three years now. Or hold on, no, we've been doing this for two years now. This is right, yeah, because it's yeah. season one <laughs> to season two, season two to season. Okay, okay, third season, but we've been doing this for two years. Um, we have had an absolute blast doing it. It's been awesome. I don't know what else there is to say other than that. I am really excited to be able to talk about video games, to be able to analyze and discuss and play video games, both games that we love and games that we've come to hate. <laughs> Me too. This is definitely fun. It's definitely an interesting like conversation piece too. It's like, oh, what do you do in your, uh, your side time? I'm like, oh, don't mind me. I'm just on a video gaming podcast. It's kind of great. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to get your name out there, and what better way than doing what you love? And we love video games. We love talking about games, and that's really just how this thing started. Is we just thought, hey, we love video games. Why don't we like, you know, talk about it and, and put it on the internet and force other people to hear us talk about it? <laughs> Listen to my voice. This is me talking about video games. <laughs> I love it though. It's so much fun. It's it's been really cool to be able to be, you know, an absolute fucking nerd and not just like throw off all of my friends because like I've always been the one in the group that's just like, yeah, so I'm playing this game and this is what's going on and my friends are just like, Meg, we don't do that. And I'm like, I I know, but I don't have anybody else to talk to it about, you know? So now I just like I talk to you guys about it, and then, you know, we get to share everything with the internet, so now they just get to rant about it and talk about what we hate and what we love and let people listen to us, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> you know, and, and it's funny because back in the day, you know, you and I, we used to we used to talk about video games and nerd out, but never got had a chance to just, like, sit and rant for a good hour or two, you know? <laughs> yeah, we were always doing random stuff, so we never had the chance to really just be like, yeah, this is what we're doing in life right now, like, oh, this is what I'm playing. Now it's like... Hey, so uh, I think we should throw this on next season. It's a vibe. And we're like, all right, let's check it out. <laughs> like it's it's a lot of fun. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And um, we we've picked some people up over over time. I mean, we started off. It was just me and Dakota. Uh, Dakota doesn't really record with us anymore, but it's okay. We picked up you, and we picked up Alan, and then we picked up Zach, and and it's been a blast. 
and I'm excited to be talking about even more games this season. This episode, we wanted to talk about a video game that is considered one of the greatest games of all time. Uh, even though it's a game from two generations ago, it's still being played, still very much relevant to today, and that is The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Oh. Uh, it is the game that keeps on giving. <laughs> yes, it really is. I mean, y'all know me. Y'all know how much I love just Skyrim in general. My accent is coming out because I'm getting excited. <laughs> um, literally, this game has changed my entire life. Like, I have played this game since it came out. I reference this game and all sorts of other games, but just because of the engine, because of how it plays, because of things that you encounter in newer games that they draw from this fucking game. That's from what, 2011, right? This game is almost a decade old. <laughs> it is. And I still play it. And you can play it on the fucking Nintendo Switch, guys. Like, that thing came out three years ago, and you can still play a game from 2011, and it's $60 for the Switch. Like, what? I've been playing it on the Switch, and it's great because it contains all of the DLC content, so that was redundant, because DLC means downloadable content. It's like saying ATM machine or PIN number. I just I just pulled that. Or VIN number, yeah. I do that all. I used to do that, <laughs> and then I'm like, why am I saying VIN number when it's literally vehicle identification number? Like, I hate myself for this. <laughs> no, it's got um, all of the DLC add-ons, Dawnguard, Hearthfire, and Dragonborn, uh, packaged all into one so I, I i bought purchased it on switch even though i have the old version on the xbox 360 wanted to play it on a current gen console and it plays beautifully on the switch i um i still have it on my ps4 because i haven't bought any of the new consoles yet um i think i've talked about this in a couple of episodes um i will usually get a first generation console but i'll wait until the like the upgraded version of the console comes out and people are selling their first gen and I'll usually buy it off of somebody else. I don't know why it always just happens like that, but it ends up working out better for me because it's gone through, you know, it's breaking period. And, you know, like I get a better deal. I bought my Xbox. Um, I have the, the one I bought it for 200. I bought it with the controller with 17 games and a terabyte um, hard drive for 200 bucks. It was great. Wow. Um, so I, I'm, I'm kind of waiting it out. I'm still playing on my current consoles. Um, my Christmas present, since we're getting close to Christmas, my Christmas present was a Switch, guys. So I finally got Woo! my Switch. Um, so I've been playing a lot of that. Um, but I, I personally love playing it on the PS4 just because, like, my PS4, you know, it has all the hours of content. I'm almost up to where I was on my PS3. I'll finally get to talk about that devastating story on this episode. Um, but... I personally just love that it's still relevant to the point where I, I've been debating buying it for my Switch, and Alan's like, baby, they're literally going to come out with the new Elder Scrolls, and you're still going to buy it for the fucking Switch? And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> 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 like, it's it's so good. And, like, I feel like, I, I don't know, I, I for your experience, how is it playing it on the portable Switch? Because I, like, love just sitting there and playing uh, Animal Crossing, you know, like, right there in my lap. Like, how is it not looking at a TV and just having it portable? Well, I have a Switch Lite, so it my console is always portable, and mm. so when I'm playing Skyrim, it's it's always. But I, I think it works beautifully. I, I kind of have a hard time. I have vision problems that are not corrected at the moment. I'm not wearing glasses like I'm supposed to, so I have to squint when I'm watching something or playing something. So playing it up and close to my face is actually ideal for me. Yeah, yeah. In fact, in the past, whenever I was playing uh, Mario Kart Eight for the episode that we did on that and we were playing on the Wii U I would play on the gamepad so I could see the screen and then everybody else would play on the TV <laughs> it worked out better oh, wow. that way I actually um I Alan waited we we went to Best Buy to go get okay mind y'all like 
let me put some context into this. My dad is really fucking old, okay? So we went to go get him the Jitterbug flip phone. And Alan went in the store because, like, we were waiting curbside. And he had been talking about getting me the Switch because, like, I was like, I want it, I want it, I want it. You're playing Warzone. And, like, besides when I'm playing for the podcast, I'm not really playing anything right now. I was like, you know, like, I really want to, you know, have something for, like, my personal games. They literally that day had dropped the Holiday Edition, which I don't know if y'all know this. This is kind of a little bit of news since we haven't really got into that. Um, so I'm, I'm sorry that I'm tying the two together. But they have the Holiday Edition of the Switch, which is the not the light, but the just the normal one. And it comes with the Switch, comes with the stand, you know, like the normal everything. It comes with three months of the Switch Online. I think it's Nintendo Online is what it is. Nintendo Online, yeah. Um, and then it comes with Mario Kart 8, so the, the deluxe for like 300 bucks. So he decided to just get that. And it's been so much fun. Like, I love it so much. I've wanted to talk about it for a while now. And I was going to talk about it in the other episodes. But Alan and I have had a lot of life things going on. We've had a lot of um, interesting trials and tribulations. (laughs) (laughs) I feel that. Life is fun, guys. Um, Don't marry a veteran unless you're ready for all the repercussions of it. Just saying. Love you, babe, (laughs) if you're listening to this. Yeah, no, life is definitely hard, I think, I think for everyone right now, and I'm not an exception, but being able to uh, just just throw myself into the world of Skyrim and into the, into the continent of Tamriel and explore, you know, the dungeons and, and encounter enemies has been awesome, and being able to take the Switch yeah. with me anywhere I go makes it awesome. Or it's kind of the same idea as Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was an awesome game to play on Switch, and I think that's why so many people bought it a Switch to play Breath of the Wild, even though it was on Wii U, me included. I had a Wii U, and I still bought Breath of the Wild on Switch because I wanted to get into that open world wherever I go, and it turns out that it's a perfect game to do that with, and Mm -hmm. Skyrim is very much the same way. It's a game you can pick up, and you can play a little bit of it, uh, and just little chunks like that when you're on the go, and it actually Mm -hmm. really works, and I, I really enjoyed it. And I think the thing about Skyrim that I kind of missed on before because uh, I played Skyrim when it first came out, uh, and I had I have it on the 360, but I never really got like too far into it. I mean, I don't think I got very far at all. I mean, I think I did the White Run segment, and then I they kind of started throwing me out into the world, and I just I just didn't really know what to do, and I always had yeah. different games that I was wanting to play, so I never really jumped on the bandwagon. But I was hearing great things about Skyrim and every what I did play I enjoyed I just never really had the motivation to get back into it until recently when I started playing and then I realized that even if you don't currently enjoy what you're doing in Skyrim there is always something else to do mm-hmm. and, and I think what I appreciated so much about the game now is that you can make it whatever you want it to be I mean there's a main quest line but really Skyrim is unique in that Unlike other open world games, the main quest line isn't as big of a focus. I would say some of the other quest lines are just as important and just as significant and and there's just as much involved. And so you may not even necessarily complete the quest line and put hundreds of hours into Skyrim. And not only that, but you incorporate some of the other quest lines. You know, are you going to join the Imperials or the Stormcloaks? Are you going to find a settlement in between? Are you going to go join the, the College of Winterhold? You know, so... 
Dark there, Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is so much to do, so you make it you, your own. And I think that's what's appealing about Skyrim is is um, making the story your own and making the character your own. Because, you, of course, you go through all of the character customization options. And to this day, there are not very many games that offer as many character customization options as this game. Although, although shout out to Cyberpunk 2077 for letting me customize my genitalia. That's That's pretty nice. Yeah, I'd actually want to save something for the news segment whenever we are we going to do a news segment on this one? Uh, typically not on these kinds of episodes, but if there's something you really want to talk about that you feel like it's relevant, go ahead. I mean, this Yes, um in a little bit of a news segment, I did want to talk about that because I actually was looking last night. Alan and I have been wanting to buy Cyberpunk because, you know, I definitely want to play it. You know, we, we've been talking about maybe playing it for the podcast. I wanted to talk to talk about it because there is a lot of controversy going on with that game right now. Um, it's kind of insane. So I guess basically Microsoft pushed the devs to force this game when it was not ready for production. And due to that, there's literally issues with, like, penises just flying out and flying off of bodies. <laughs> literally, trucks are glitching and just exploding and killing thousands of people. There's so many glitches because it was not ready. It's still in alpha right now, technically. Yeah. But Microsoft pushed the, pushed the envelope because they wanted something for the holiday season for 2020 because it's a fucking pandemic, right? So now... They are forcing refunds and giving people back their money because of so many glitching problems and issues with the gameplay. Yes. And all of the blame is going to Microsoft. No one is blaming devs for once in their fucking life. So shout out to the devs of Cyberpunk for actually making something almost post-credit ready. And then Microsoft fucking giving you anal and telling you you have to do it now you did a good job for what you had <laughs> yeah shout out it's whenever there's problems like this it's usually the publishers pushing the deadlines and i know that the the devs were working overtime and were crunching to get this ready and they were facing so much backlash every time they delayed it and turns out you know as much as they delayed it it still wasn't ready and that's something I've always kind of uh, I've always respected Nintendo for is that they've never been the type to release games when they're not ready. They'll make you fucking wait, but you'll have a oh, complete yeah. product when it's ready. So yeah. you know, seeing that happen, and I've played a little bit. I actually purchased Cyberpunk to kind of jump on the bandwagon a little bit and see what this is all about. I haven't come across any glitches yet, but I literally only played the like prologue segment. So <laughs> yeah, it's once you get past like the prologue segment. Um. Also, um, I heard that Keanu Reeves is kind of involved with it. You know, he did end up, you know, uh, mo-capping mo and, you know, voicing a character in this. Um, so I think he's kind of pretty upset from what I understand because, like, he was very involved in the development of the game. Um, and he's pretty upset at the fact that, you know, like, he's having to watch the game that he's, you know, they worked for 10 years on this. And they're getting pushed at the last second. Like, that was kind of how I felt that Andromeda was because it was seven years in production. And then fucking Bioware is like, get it out now. It's time. And they're like, no, it's not time. We're not ready. And they ended up having to come out with patches and apologizing. It's it's history repeating itself. And I feel really bad for the developers. And I did want to touch on it in this podcast because, like, man, this shit is hard, especially during a pandemic. You're being forced to work from home. You know, you can't bring home sometimes your office with you as hard as you try. You know, some of these computers that they have are just I sound like a fucking old person. But some of the computers they have to develop this software is just fucking massive just to be able to create the engine, you know, get a, you know, condense all your mocapping, things like that. It's it's insane. And like, I, I'm kind of upset with Microsoft on this one. That's another reason why I haven't bought a new console yet. Like, yeah, they kind of fucked up. Like, they're going to need to issue a major apology to gamers because like, of course, you and the developers because like, you know, like we're sitting here, you know, waiting for this game, getting all hyped up. And then, you know, it's it's not ready. We're like, we, we'll fucking wait. Like, 
we've already been waiting 10 years. We can wait some more. Like, we've already seen stuff. We've got stuff that'll, you know, hold us over for a while. Give us a good game, dude. Like, let's not do this shit again. Yeah, I heard that they were offering full refunds. I heard Sony was doing it, and Microsoft is doing it now, too. Mm-hmm. That's good. Sony was the first to jump on the bandwagon, because Sony, I guess, because, like, Microsoft was the big pusher, and since it's available on all consoles, Sony was like, eh, I don't know about this. Microsoft's like, no, we're fucking doing it, bro. Like, it's time to go. And Sony's like, all right, well, if this fucks up, uh, it's your fault, Microsoft. And you and know it what? Was... There was almost no reason to to make sure that it got out by that release date because it missed the Game Awards already. Giving it more time to develop would have just made it meant that it was more relevant in next year's Game Awards. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was going to say next, too, is, like, we've already got the Game Awards. We already got our Game of the Year, which was... What did we get for Game of the Year? The Last of Us Part 2, which is the the game that we last released. And we released it right in the same time frame. I couldn't believe my eyes because I didn't think Last of Us 2 was going to get it. I totally thought Ghost of Tsushima was going to be Game of the Year. And both games deserved it. Don't get me wrong. I, I was going to say that, yeah. I was... I. I... I've seen some gameplay of Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I'm I'm really really proud of the devs of Last of Us 2. Um, that game went in so many directions. It was a really fucked up game, but y'all made it work. Y'all brought us what we wanted in a way we didn't expect. And congratulations, that is an amazing game. Y'all fucking deserve it. And I'm so proud of us for getting a new game while it got Game of the Year. Fucking yes. Oh. We got that episode out like literally the the part two came out. Part two of part two <laughs> came out literally the day that that game was announced as game of the year. And I was flabbergasted. I was like, this is perfect. So if you haven't yeah. got checked out our episodes on uh, The Last of Us Part Two, we have uh, it's a two part main series episode. We just uh, got it out like literally last week as of the time of this recording. And yeah, it, it is. Uh, we had a blast. Um, spoiler alert. We loved it. We thought it was actually phenomenal. And we 100 percent stand behind it being game of the year. I just. Because the game was so divisive, I didn't think it would make it. But um, either way, it was great. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is also great. I would have been happy if either won one game of the year because they're both amazing games. And Skyrim, I believe, was game of the year the year that it came out too, right? Oh, yeah. And it has literally... Ugh. I know we're kind of getting off topic, y'all, but there's a lot to talk about. There's been a lot that's happened <laughs> since the last episode, and I know this is a little bit of an off-kilter kind of episode for us. Yeah, Skyrim won a 2011 Game of the Year. They almost had to go for the 2012 Game of the Year because people were still buying it and playing it that much. It literally was critically acclaimed over and over and over, including for production, for sound. It has had so many awards, and it's, you know, it comes with total, absolute just there's evidence, you know, and just, um, I, I feel like, you know, and I want to talk about this controversial topic. I feel like because, you know, it is glitchy. A lot of people don't play the game, but that's honestly what makes this game great. Um, Bethesda has always been known for its glitches and I feel like it wouldn't be a Bethesda game without the glitches. And I personally, (laughs) when you're going through a stressful moment of running from a dragon or running from a fucking saber cat at a low level, and then all of a sudden you glitch into the sky, it brings comedy it brings just, it's it's a part of joy. And I personally use Skyrim to kind of get away from the world, you know, delve into my game a little bit, you know, put 100 more hours on my 300 plus hour character. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say Bethesda has a very similar development schedule as Rockstar does. 
in, in, mm-hmm. in, in the sense that both have two major game franchises running and they stagger those releases, but you'll spend a good like seven years in between releases for each individual game. And so between the Fallout series, which is their other critically acclaimed series that they're well known oh, for, such a good game too. and the Elder Scrolls series, we usually have something and, and they will milk the hell out of it but i don't mean that in a bad way i mean skyrim has been re-released for not just the generation that it came on but the next generation and is likely going to see another release for this current generation (laughs) yeah yeah and and it's and it's so good too because they keep upgrading the game to go with this console and it kind of goes to show that if a game is that good you don't need to keep releasing content you just need to keep making the game and keeping it as good as it is and upgrading it for the next generation. Me personally, even whenever the next Elder Scrolls come out, I will still be playing Skyrim just because I love this game so much. Yeah, and people still play Oblivion. Yeah. Which actually, believe it or not, did come out in the same console generation as Skyrim. So that is pretty interesting. But um, Oblivion and Skyrim are different. You can tell the difference between the uh, early console hardware and the late console or software, or late console software. And and let me tell you, Skyrim is a game that is very much still relevant today. I mean, it blew our minds, you know, almost, uh, what was it? Yeah, it blew our minds nine years ago, and it still blows our minds today. It's still keeping people busy today. It is still one of the biggest game worlds um, uh, among, like, the, the games that have the biggest maps. It's still featured on a lot of those. And there is still more to do. You can play the game nine years later and still not have done everything that there is to do in the game. I mean, you may have... You, I don't even really think there is a way to 100% it because it's always going to auto-generate more uh, quest lines and you can always level up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think that I, I honestly haven't gotten to a cap. So, um, well, I, I, I think I think they upped it. I, I can't quite remember. There was a honestly, level cap the highest, and they upped it, right? Yeah. They did. Um, so I think I hit the level cap when I was on my 300 plus hour character before I jump into that. As of November, November, 2016, this game has had 30 million copies sold. Wow. 30 fucking million. That is iconic. I mean, I know this game is, you know, definitely considered one of the best games of all time, but reading that, Wow. In 2013, it already had over 20 million copies sold. I mean, that just goes to show you. Plus, um, I know we talked about this during the Zelda episode. I personally use this music when I'm, you know, like I have one degree right now. I'm planning on going back for another degree. I use this music to study. This music is very, um, very mentally, um, like stimulating, enhancing. It really, it helps not only with the gameplay, but outside in my, my normal life as well. Um, and, you know, that's amazing that a game has had 30 fucking million copies sold. Like, this game, oh, there's so much to talk about. Um, yeah, and the music um, is phenomenal. Um, I love that little, uh, that kind of that chant that comes around whenever you're examining a word of power on a oh, word yeah. wall. And it's like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's ah, so epic. Wah, that it, yeah. <laughs> I know all of them. <laughs> I think my favorite song is probably, honestly, Secunda. Which is the do 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 the the calm quiet music. Okay. I will play that on a four hour loop while I'm like doing things. Like I'll literally just sit there and listen to it. It's in my sleep playlist. Like I love Secunda. It's my favorite. The the piano and everything, just the acoustics in that game is just so 
I want to say daunting, but it's it's very like quiet and it has its own presence in its own way. And this game just has so much interesting things that are there about it. Also, yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, I believe it's not the same guy that did um, Game of Thrones, but uh, I'm I'm one of the guys who creates languages. He won an award, I believe, for the uh, Words of Power, and all in all of the um, the dragon. Wow, yeah. The dragon language. If I remember correctly, I'm trying to find it. That doesn't surprise me. Looking for it. Yeah, because there, there is just a ton that's put into the, this game. And anyone that knows the Elder Scrolls is aware of how much lore there is and background. And there are hundreds of books all throughout Skyrim that you can find uh, that go into this and talk about the lore from previous games and what's changed from the last game until this game. And Mm-hmm. I think as far as the timeline goes, at the time, this was... 200 the, years after Oblivion. Right. This was, like, the latest into the timeline. Or ha- has there been a game since that, that goes further? Um, You know, I'm not sure. I know that Elder Scrolls Online kind of, like, has its own ambiguous timeline, from what I understand. But I know that this one will be a continuation. I don't know if it means, like... Like, I, I don't know what this next one is going to bring. I mean, there's rumors that it's going to be after the Dragonborn. It's going to be the child of the Dragonborn. It's going to be all these different things. So we're not really sure. I do. I, d- I did look it up. So the team, I, I, the producer of the audio, I wanted to jump into that really quick, is Jeremy Soul. I want to say, uh, is how you say it, I believe. Um, he also was on Morrowind in Oblivion. So he's been, you know, part of this for a long time. Um, the main theme, Dragonborn, was recorded with a choir of over 30 people singing in the fictional dragon language. It was a concept artist, um, and he created the 34-character runic alphabet for the game. He expanded the wow. lexicon of Draconic as needed. And Bruce Nesmith, who worked um, with the development of the game, explained that words were introduced to the lexicon every time that the studio wanted to say something. So I kind of wanted to bring that up, too. So this this game had its own language created, uh, and obviously it's very big in use. Um, and they actually created a chant for the Dragonborn um, song, which is the main theme. Uh, and they're actually they're not going, ha! They're actually speaking in, in this draconic tongue, and they had to teach all of these people. It's like uh, Amelia Clark learning, um, I almost said Trigetta Sling because I'm thinking of the 100, um, learning Dothraki. Very, very similar concept there. This is some like Lord of the Rings level shit. <laughs> yeah. And that's one thing that I think also ties a lot of people in is this This is so kind of, you know, so much of a a fantasy fiction uh, kind of feel and this game the I, I don't know if you want to talk about gameplay I do want to I do want to tell my story though so this game I purchased it and I got it for a PS3 that was given to me um, I actually did not purchase my, my first PlayStation um, it was given to me I literally played this game over 300 hours, never even got to the end. I mean, I had finished the the game before, but this one was solely my just branching out and fucking around, doing whatever the fuck <laughs> I wanted to do kind of character. I played Skyrim until Skyrim broke my PlayStation. <laughs> I played until you could hear the sounds and hear water in the waterfall, but you could not play because the game was glitching blue. I ruined the graphics card on this fucking game that's insane i mean yeah there is so much to do it is a huge 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 world and like i said before if if there's not one thing that you that you uh are having a good time doing you can 
just go do something else. I, I will say what what prevents me from playing the game and picking up the game sometimes is the dungeons. It is really easy to get stuck at a difficult part, and there's not a, you can't warp out of dungeons. Like you just have to either backtrack or make your way through. And yeah, the dungeons to me are not one of the shining points of Skyrim. I I, I felt like the dungeons were kind of bland. I mean, they all look the same, and the puzzles are kind of cool, but they're few and far between. And then the puzzles are mostly alike. And so it's really just you like come in and you d- you defeat a bunch of enemies and they might be too hard for you <laughs> so you keep doing it over and over. <laughs> so yeah. for me the 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 dungeon gameplay isn't so much fun especially coming from like Zelda. But I will say what what uh, appeals to me in Skyrim is just the fact that you can make this your own story and the fact that there is so much to do and you can make your character and and their, your quest exactly what you want it to be. Yeah, your dragonborn can be whoever you want your dragonborn to be. Like, my dragonborn is a merry dragonborn with two kids and also goes and fucks around and, you know, saves the world and shit, which I love. Um, uh, There's so many different also things that you can do as far as, like, other side storylines. So, for example, you have the Thieves Guild, you have the Dark Brotherhood, you have the Companions, you could be, you know, a mage at the College of Winterhold, and they all you can be all of them at the same time. So you can literally be the Archmage of the College of Winterhold while also beating the leader of the Dark Brotherhood and the leader of the Thieves Guild, which I am in this current playthrough. Um, You can be so many things. And um, I also can agree with you, the dungeons can get very redundant over time. Yes. Um, But I also do like the fact that you can kind of also just go out into the main world, fuck around and do whatever you want to do, no matter what you do, you're going to find an enemy to fight, you're going to find a dragon to kill, or you're going to find something to fucking do. Yeah. Also, I honestly love the combat in this game. Not all of it is the same. Every character fights different. And also, I don't know about you, Ash, but no matter what, I'm like, yeah, this time I'm totally going to be a two-handed wielding big motherfucker with some fucking shields. I always end up being a fucking stealth archer. I am a mage. In any any gameplay, any game I play, I am always the mage. That I'm is always my a fucking stealth archer, <laughs> and I'm so bad. Like, <laughs> so every fucking time. I've spent so much time actually uh, leveling up just the mage skills, specifically the destruction and restoration classes. And so, and not a lot enough time doing much of anything else. So, <laughs> my character is pretty weak when it comes to literally everything. But man, I can I can just destroy with dual flames or or dual sparks at any time. I just go, see my I, what makes me mad is like I've been playing a lot of, in my recent playthrough that literally I've been trying to be two handed and stealth at the same time. So I would literally sneak up on a motherfucker and use a fucking battle axe and just cut their head off <laughs> and but at the same time part of me wants to sneak back in the back and sneak i literally crouched through the entire fucking dungeon so it's like three times as long for me and i'll sit there with my fucking bow and arrow and just one shot everything you should have acted they're already here the elder scrolls told of their return the defeat was merely a delay. To the time after oblivion opened. When the sons of Skyrim would spill their own blood. But no one wanted to 
to believe. Believe they even existed. And when the truth finally dawns, it dawns in fire. But there's one they fear. In their tongue, he is Dovahkiin, Dragonborn. I hoard too much shit. Like, and so I always get over encumbered and I have to slowly walk my character over to another town, sell a bunch of shit, and then I can warp back to where I was. And that is the one thing that really breaks the pace of the game for me sometimes. I literally sought out armor that makes it capable for you to carry extra because I am a fucking hoarder. I will sit there with 30 fucking Eider cheese wells. Why? Why? <laughs> I'm like, oh, instead of using potions, let me eat 30 fucking cheese. My character's never going to shit ever. Well, for me, I would just keep picking up all these weapons and armor that I didn't need but would be high uh, sell, val sell value so that I could go sell them. And so they'd stay in my inventory for a while because I'd go forget to sell them. And then I'd be at a part where I was like, oh, shit, I'm in the middle of this quest line. There's these two characters following me. We're right there at the fucking cave. But... I'm sorry, Delphine and Esburn. We got to go. We got to go walk. You can use that to your advantage, though. That's one thing that the Bethesda doesn't think about. So what I did in the beginning of the game was I got Lydia, right? I gave her all my fucking dragon bones and all of the weapons that I wanted to sell. Wait, you can give your companions things? You can give your companions things. Why didn't so I do I would that? Give... That would yeah, have been so, so much easier. I have easier. a companion the whole game. Even as a stealth archer, I chose, like, I, a lot of people have a battle over this, but I personally choose Janasa because she's also stealthy. So she can, you know, like, she'll go out and she'll be the tank for me. I've talked about this in my, my Mass Effect um, episode with you as well. What I'll do is I'll give my character, my, my follower's companion, all of my shit that I don't want. And I'll give them, and, and this is another hack. If you find a really good arrow, 
Give them all the dragon bones and shit because you want to sell them, but they're just, they just weigh so much. They're too heavy, so you give them all your shit. Then you literally fast travel when you're one pound away and you give your shit, all of it from your companion, and you walk to the counter. Nice. But what I also do is I found this out. If you give your companion one arrow of a really good one, they will constantly fire those arrows. So one, they have better attack damage, but two, whenever you're retrieving arrows from bodies, you get those arrows. Nice. <laughs> that, that's a way That's a way to, to game the system. That's cool. I know there's some cool things you can do on PC with the console commands as well. Um, yeah, I, I personally haven't played it on PC. I've been waiting because Alan has been debating on buying a PC, and I honestly just want to steal it so I can play Skyrim on it because I would just want to mod the fuck out of my console. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or out of my but, console, out of my PC. I'm, I want to mod the fuck out of it. Because, like, I have a playthrough where it's literally just for aesthetics. I'm that, I'm that bitch. <laughs> I have a playthrough where it's literally just, like, there's, like, extra lights in Whiterun. All of the, like, buildings have been, like, brought more to an aesthetically pleasing setting. You have, like, little light posts and act extra, like, direction signs. You can get, like water is prettier you can make the characters clothes prettier you can literally make your character look like a fucking monster hunter character don't know why that's a thing but that's a thing yeah mods on this game are fucking insane and there's more every day but also i just told ash about this i don't know if you guys know this on the consoles there is like bethesda approved mods that you can get that you basically can like get like a dwarven arvin mud crab that follows you everywhere but i personally leave him at home because he gets in my fucking way in doorways and you have to jump over him like 10 times to get out um you can also get a fucking unicorn so there's that <laughs> um you can get like actual like horses there's pets you can get i have a little fox that follows me named sweet roll he's adorable oh that, that's yeah. what the that's what the guards say or like what do they say? Want a sweet roll? Let me guess. Someone stole your sweet roll. That's it. <laughs> what is it? Dragons? <laughs> My cousin's out there fighting dragons, and what do I get? Guard duty. And, and, and then, of course, the infamous, the notorious. I used to be an adventurer like you. Until I, I took, took an, an arrow. arrow to the knee. Yes. <laughs> that <laughs> okay, was the one line. Okay, this game, guys, is so iconic that literally... That line was mentioned in NCIS, which, mind you, it's not a big show, but for older generations, like I've said earlier, my dad is old as shit. I've been watching NCIS since it came out. I watched that episode and cried for 10 minutes because it was, like, literally recognized on CBS. There's merchandise. Goes, There's yeah, merchandise. Everything was with... great until I took an arrow to the knee. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh my god! I mean, my my brother bought a shirt. I mean, there's all these merch and everything. It literally became a meme. And yes, yeah, this that that was that was fantastic. And this game really was just the buzz when I was in high school. This was the game that everybody talked about, you know. And it's the game that you can talk to anyone about, any gamer today, and be like, "Hey, Skyrim," and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, Skyrim." Always. There's there's people that don't play it, and there's people that do play it though. I I have I have seen a couple that don't play it, like my husband Alan. Not really big on Skyrim, which honestly, I'm surprised that I married somebody like that, but <laughs> I still love him and he watches me play. So it's a compromise. It's it's a good little moment there. Well, and like I said before, I wasn't necessarily 
big on Skyrim before. I just it's a game I had played, but I'd never really gotten into it. I always had good feelings about it. There was just always something else that I was into that was more my niche. But having played it now, I, I actually kind of wish that I, I had you know really dive more into it because, like I said, there's something in it for everyone, um, and I don't mean it the way that IGN means it. Yeah, no, I um, I I. I've put so much of my life into this game and it's, I think for good reason. Um, also is as much crap as Bethesda gets. I honestly believe in Bethesda because of this game. Um, I picked up more of their games because of this game. Um, it's been such a good game for me personally. Um, it's helped me through a lot. I've, I, um, in high school, I almost snapped my back in half and I was bedridden for a while. I couldn't Ooh. get out of bed. Um, I was literally constantly in pain. I was literally like, I had to have like numbing cream on my back just because like, I like I bruised all of the bones in my back and I pulled a lot of the muscles in my back. Um, so I could not use most of my back. So I would play Skyrim and Mass Effect all day when I wasn't doing homework. I would like do homework for two hours, play for two hours, do homework for, for two hours, play for two hours. So this game really helped me escape. You know, I can't go and run around and be a normal teenager so I'm running around Skyrim, killing shit. Fuck it. <laughs> so how does Skyrim compare with some of the other Elder Scrolls games? Or how many, how many have you played? Um, I have played Oblivion. I have not played Morrowind. I did not have a console that I could play it on. Um, I think you can now with backwards capability and, uh, and all the game passes and all that shit. Um, but I have not personally played it. I have played a very, very small amount of, of Oblivion, and that's it. Um, I liked Oblivion. I, I I think it was a lot of fun. Um, but for me, it was um, it's it's an older game, so it was not my generation. I would say. Um, so that's why I think Skyrim ties to me more, which I'm sure you know, as as you know, my my kids, you know, in the future, will talk about the next Elder Scrolls game. I don't know what it's called so far. It's just Elder Scrolls with a yeah, Elder Scrolls Six with a little uh, piece of land in the background. So, <laughs> yeah, calling it Elder Scrolls Acreage. <laughs> <laughs> when I played Oblivion, it, I had already played Skyrim, so it was kind of hard going back. And even back then, Oblivion felt dated. And I will say the graphics in Skyrim do feel a little dated by today's standards now, but yeah. the game itself is still so technically capable and, 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 and does keep up, and it meets the open-world standards of games today. I mean, the, like I said, the world is huge as far as what you can do, I mean, it really kind of set the precedent for a lot of the open-world games uh, as we've been seeing today. It was kind of one of the first games that really... Not one of the first open world. Obviously, we've had open world for years. I mean, even and even the very first Elder Scrolls game, Arena, did that. But Skyrim was one of the first games in the modern era that really just kicked off that trend. And it's right after Skyrim yeah. came out that we started seeing everybody really jump on board. And, and open world went from just a genre. Open world RPG went from just a genre of game to pretty much the standard a for standard, most modern yes. games. And this game really kind of opened the floodgates, and and it's it's one of the largest maps to date, um, yes. of of games uh, as far as maps, and it's massive. I mean, you can literally spend three fucking days just on foot because you know if you get a horse, it's quicker, you know, fast travel. But if you're trying to discover a location, it can take you three days to get around the fucking mountain from fucking White Run to Riften. Yeah, you're you're really gonna want to take advantage of the fast travel system which is good because you can only fast travel to something that you've discovered before 
So if you've already made the journey there, then it's not that big of a deal. And if you have to go somewhere new, you just uh, fast travel to the closest thing nearby and you kind of trek around. Now, I had a horse for those kinds of segments, and suddenly my horse disappeared. I don't know what happened to it. It vanished. It was teleporting with me, and then one day I noticed it did not teleport with me. So I guess my horse died. I don't know. <laughs> that happened to me um, with Shadowmere. Um, after I got Shadowmere in one of my playthroughs, I literally went back to the pond that Astrid brought him out of, and he came back. But for nice. me now... I have River, the unicorn. So whenever I'm going to fast travel, I will find River, wherever the fuck he is, and I will take him wherever I go. I have five fucking horses, but even Shadowmere. Shadowmere sits at my lake house because River is fucking iconic. You cannot kill River. There is literally in the little book for the horses of Skyrim, it says the animal that cannot be killed. Nice. Good. No one knows that he is stronger than Shadowmere, and y'all sleep on fucking River. I don't know if that's what he's named for everybody, but that's what he's named for me. I, it came with the name. I liked it. I kept it. There's a way to summon a horse, right? So I don't know if there is a way to summon a horse. I don't know if I've ever done that. I usually just fast travel, and normally, especially with the wild horses um, side quest that you can get, it's one of those um, uh, okayed mods by Bethesda, I guess what I'd call it. I usually just fast travel to my house, and there's, like, all five of my horses there. So then I just find River, and I'm like, I let this go. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I I read somewhere that there was a way to have, like, a like a, a horse familiar or something, like a, or a magic, magically controlled. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, oh, yes. Okay. Um, I totally forgot about that. Whenever you go down to um, Sovereign Guard, there is a horse that you can um, summon after that. Uh, I can't remember his name for the fucking life of me. He's really pretty looking, though. He's all skeleton, and then his uh, his tail is a, a blue flame. Really pretty. That would um, work for me. I would just like a conjurable horse, because I'm a mage character anyway, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can conjure. I cannot remember his name, um, but you get him after, I believe, you defeat Mirok. You know what? The only thing that threw me off of my mage, because I was almost solely mage with just some like enchanted weapons and some staves, but mainly just, just shooting magic, is in the Switch version, there is the Champion's Tunic, Master Sword, and Hylian Shield from Breath of the Wild available. It's up at the Throat of the World by Parthenax. So I yeah. had to get those. And so I've been actually kind of switching around and using those a little bit. And <laughs> I enchanted them, of course, to give them a little, a little bit of an edge. But occasionally, like when I run out of mana, I'll be like, okay, let me switch to my Master Sword. Or I'll switch to one of the weapons that like the Jarls gave me. You know what? <laughs> I used the uh, Axe of Whiterun to depose uh, Jarl Balgruf, and I just thought it was so fitting. He, the axe he gave me, I used to depose him, to, I fought him with. Because I'm Stormcloak all the way, and I'll tell you why. Okay, and it's weird to me that the internet is so pro-Empire. That's just baffling to me because my entire life I've been taught through through fantasy and sci-fi that empires are bad. <laughs> yes, empires are bad and, and rebel uprisings are good. Okay, it was indoctrinated into me. My natural inclination was just to go to the Stormcloaks before I even knew much about them. Plus, the, imp the Imperials wanted to kill me. Why would I want to join them? They were ready to chop my head off 
And also, religious freedom is pretty important. So why the fuck would you support someone that doesn't that outlaws a religion? I'm sorry, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, Ulfric is a little xenophobic, but not like overtly so. And the Empire is just as bad as him when it comes to that. So I mean, I, I could see maybe not wanting to take a side, but my natural inclination of just growing up with 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 fantasy and science fiction was to join the rebel uprising. I honestly, in all of my playthroughs, have never ever done that storyline. I'm always just like, um. Well, well, I don't want to be randomly walking through because I try to play this game as organically as possible. So I try not to fast travel too much. I like walking through and exploring all the little abandoned shacks and things like that. I do not want to stumble upon an Imperial or Stormcloak camp and get royally fucked. I don't. And that's fair. I understand that. And afterward, I found out that there was a way to just, you don't have to take a side and you can kind of just, uh, create like a ceasefire between the two and play them at the neutral ground. And if I had known about that beforehand, that's probably the route I would have gone, but I don't know. It kind of feels good to belong to something. And yeah, like we're taking Skyrim back. And plus there's, there's kind of a, a nice hint of irony of being a, of being a high elf and, and, and Altmere and, and going, uh, or what are the high elves called? Not the Altmers. They're called the, uh, Bosmers. No, hold on. No, I'm a Bosmer. My bad. You know, it is Altmer. I was right. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of a, it, it, there's kind of a, a, a sense of poetic justice and, and being an Altmer and going against the, the Thalmor embassy. <laughs> I think also it's kind of instilled in you to hate the Thalmor embassy whenever you're doing the uh, main quest, whenever you have to oh, sneak yeah. into the Thalmor embassy, because they're like, fuck the Thalmor. And you're like, oh yeah, fuck the Thalmor. Okay. <laughs> And, and, and that's why it's so interesting when Ulfric sees me, a high elf, an Altmer, and come, come up and be like, you know, oh, like, you're an elf. Like, why do you want to join our cause? And I like to subvert expectations and be the elf that's, like, the good elf that, you know, believes in the cause of the Nords of Skyrim. So I, I just thought that was an interesting way to play. You're the good play. elf in Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm also, of course, a Winterhold graduate. I mean, I, that, that, that's important to me because being, you know, the mage type, I immediately wanted to go to the College of Winterhold. So right after I started the Greybeard's quest line and I learned how to shout. I went right straight to uh, the, the old College of Winterhold and started that quest line. And so I'm kind of juggling the Stormcloak quest line, the College of Winterhold quest line, and the main quest line all at the same time. And oh yeah, side like at the beginning of the game, it's always me doing Thieves Guild and then straight up Dark Brotherhood and then College of Winterhold. Every time. Every time. Like, I yeah. literally, I think that's where my sense of belonging is because I'm always a fucking sneak archer anyways. Um, I love the Dark Brotherhood. Um, it's very dark. Hail Sithis. Um, but you know what? It's okay. It's okay. Um, I, I, it's so much fun just to do that. Um, and you kind of get your sense of belonging because it's like, welcome, brother. Welcome, sister. And you're like, hi. <laughs> I don't know, maybe for me, because I'm such a nerdy girl, I'm like, look, I kill people for a living. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of want to I kind of want to join the companions as well. I remember in my first playthrough of the game, very first one, I actually did start that quest line, and I haven't started it this one yet. But... I know you hail this. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, I just want to put it out there, okay? If you kill Parthenax, you're a monster, and you deserve to rot in oblivion. Okay? Unless... Like Megan, you just didn't know, and you thought that it was part of the main quest line. I guess that's understandable if you thought that you had to. Or yeah. if, if you're playing an evil playthrough, okay, fine. Be remorseless and evil. But otherwise, why the fuck would you kill Parthenax? <laughs>
I know, for fucking real, dude. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, I don't have to kill him. Like, I found that after afterwards, and I was like, you can pretend he's dead? What? Oh. Well, you don't okay. even have to. You can just ignore the blades. You can just say, fuck you. Because fuck Delphine, trying to, like, order me around and tell me what the fuck to do. I, I dealt yeah. with her and Esburn because they were a part of the main quest. But other than that, unlike you, I, like, I'm not a companion person. I'm a solo player. Like, even when that guy was, like, offering his help, uh, and one in, during the during the Winterhold quest line, and I had to like rescue this dude. And he was like, "Do you want my help?" I'm like, "Nah, dude. You're just gonna get in the way. Like, I I just want to do this by myself, bro." See, I'm not like that. I and I think it kind of ties into my Mass Effect gameplay as well. I always have a companion. I don't care how many fucking auto saves I have to go back. I have a fucking companion, and it took me a long time to narrow down who I wanted because I've played with um. Meal the lioness. I played with Lydia. I played with uh, is it Sven? Sven the the archer. I played with all of them. I literally kept Sven just to level up my archer, like my archery, and then I kicked him to the curb. <laughs> Dead ass. Um, I, I probably I, would make would, 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 if I made more effective use of companions. It, it probably would work out better for me. It helps one for the the inventory, and also you can get more arrows back if you're like me, like a stealth archer. Um, also, it it really helps in combat. Um, because they they're your tank. Like they they can get down. They're knocked down unless you shout or you do something to kill them. They will get back up and keep fighting. So it really helps whenever you're up against you know one of those you know drug or death lords or th something like that. You know, it's something like a big you know, extreme kind of boss, you send your tank out there and then you're good to, you know, take, you know, less of the damage and do more of the damage to the, the opposing character, which is really, really good. Um, also, I just love, like, especially in Skyrim, you can kind of find a companion that fits you well. So, like, for you, I think Zargo would be really good. He's amazing. Also, he's a cat who doesn't love having a cat as a companion. Um, but Hell for yeah. me, I, I love Janasa. She's a stealth She's a stealth fighter, I want to say. She she has, like, her daggers and her, her um, bow and arrow, but I really like the fact that she fits well with my character, and even when I'm sneaking in through something, like, they almost never notice her until after they notice me. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how I want it. <laughs> I had a lot of fun just, like, shouting random NPCs, and then usually I'd reload my, reload my save because I don't want to do something that's bad, but I love it when someone was just, like, talking down to me. I'm like, no, fuck you. Bah! Foos! Roda, right in your face. My friend has a, a son, and uh, he was like, "Meg, I wanna, I wanna play Skyrim. I wanna play Skyrim." So I literally played through, got to the point where I had like, a, I was like level twenty, level thirty. I got, you know, just at a good area where it's kind of neutral, where it's in between a lot of quests. I literally let him run around on the map and antagonize everyone. <laughs> he yeeted people off of cliffs. He fucking yeeted. <laughs> that's so fun the to do. Because <laughs> they just go flying so with a fully powered force. He somehow <laughs> knocked out the blacksmith. I don't know how he did it. I think it was a glitch, but he knocked out the blacksmith in um up at the Skyforge. I can't remember his name right now for the life of me. But he knocked him out, dragged him up to fucking Dragon's Reach, and yeeted him off of Dragon's Reach. Nice. While the whole town is attacking him. <laughs> I I actually had an entire town attack me, and it was not my fault. During the the Markarth cast uh, quest line, they uh, the whole town goes after you, and you get framed. And I didn't know you're supposed to like you're supposed to go let them take you to jail. So I was like, no, fuck you. You're gonna you're I'm not gonna. I'd rather die. Like you can come fight for me. I can take on all of you. But I guess they just keep coming, and you can't win. So I ended up just leaving the town, and I haven't come back yet. Oh no. 
<laughs> I just laughed. There's a huge ass bounty on my head now for for Markarth, and I, and I guess I'm, when I come back, I'll just have to let them like arrest me. But but yeah, I just I just fucking I just fucking bolted out of there. But uh, kind of go back to what I was saying earlier when it comes to like being good is there's not a morality system in Skyrim, so it's kind of up to you to actually make choices. Like, do I want to steal this thing? Which if no one's watching, it's not stealing, right? But. <laughs> But yeah, it's kind of like, do I want to steal this? Do I want to kill this person? Because nothing will happen. There's no in-game tracking of that of any sort, but like you feel bad. You have to live with that thing you did. So I would reload if anything. Like, if I like stole something by accident, I was like, no, nope, I can't have that on my conscience. Oh yeah, no, as a member of the Thieves Guild, you steal shit all the time. I, They don't notice it's missing. <laughs> so I, I'll go back and I'll play an evil playthrough, but I, I've been trying to be be good for the most part and just... And just do 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 the good things. I will say though, as a you know, as the Dragonborn, I do kind of have a, a head on my shoulders. And most of the time, I pick like good dialogue choices or the polite ones. But on occasion, like when someone like comes to challenge me, I'm like, "Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm the fucking Dragonborn. Bitch. I can shout you to death. Like you're gonna come here and threaten me? Nah, nah. You know, <laughs> before they know it, they're they're yeeted off a cliff or they're burnt to a crisp. Like, no, you don't talk to me that way. Okay, but, like, also I wanted to talk about this because Lydia herself is a fucking meme. When I had Lydia, the amount of times she pissed me off and I would just yeet her off a cliff <laughs> is sad. I hate Lydia, and I can only use her in the beginning of a, of a game. And then I find Janasa because she's only, like, 500 or or 1000 bucks to hire. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Someone actually fucking competent. Like, I cannot stand Lydia. She's just like, my thing, my thing, my thing. You're like, shut the fuck up! Shut up! <laughs> Again, I've never hired anyone. I know I had Lydia as someone that I could bring with me, but I like I never took advantage of that. I don't know. I was just worried about like her dying or something if she came with me, so I never wanted to do it. And uh, I, I just never felt I, I felt weird about having people follow me or whatever. So a tip uh, with companions: save at the beginning of a dungeon. Yeah, I, do it. I learned how to quick save, and I like that the game just lets you quick save wherever you want, practically. There's not really any rules or limits, so you can be in the middle of a tough boss battle. But let's say you don't want to just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. So when you finally get it right, and then you get yourself into a good corner, kind of heal yourself up a little bit, then you can just quick save real quick and be like, okay, now I only have to start the fight from this point on. That was helpful. Yes. That's another reason why I was saying companions are the shit, because if I get myself stuck between a rock and a hard place... I'll do that. I'll do the, um, I can't remember his name, but you get this, the Sanguine Rose. I'll get that. I'll summon a Dramora, and then I'll have my companion. So I have tanks just taking on the damage, and I'm just back there with my fucking, I, I, I find myself to the point where I can get out of sight. I'll get to where the eye closes, and I'll do the sneak attacks, because my sneak attacks can get up to, like, six times damage. So I just knock them the fuck out, and I'm like, yeah. Like, my tanks take everything, but I hate it sometimes because they follow you, right? So you go out uh -huh. of a certain range, and your followers are like, no, wait for me, I love you. And you're like, no, 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 go back to the enemy. Go, it's okay, baby, it's all right, just go, just go. Like, you're, like, <laughs> sacrificing them, but, like, it helps in the long run. Um, and that's something I like, too, for mages is the staffs. Like, you can summon a familiar. You can summon, you know, Flame Atronach. Uh, you know, like, what are they called? The the big, the eyes is Ice Atronach? I know there's Flame Atronachs. I don't, they're, oh, those big, those big chunky boys made of ice? Big chunky boys? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're called. I think it's Ice Atronach. I can't remember. I'm probably saying that wrong. Don't I at me, guys. That's how I've always pronounced it. I, pr I pronounced, I guess... Something that I didn't know is um, 
Epona. As a kid, uh-huh. I pronounced it Epona. I always pronounce it Epona. It's Epona. I guess. How do you know? That's what I've been told. Oh. I was told I was completely fucking wrong, and it's Epona, not Epona. And I'm like, well, now that voice acting is being added to Zelda, I'm finally fi- finding out how things are pronounced. Like, how does how does he says he does? It's not. He's like Kakariko Village, and I would always say Kakariko. It's Kakariko, yeah. I knew that one. <laughs> Which makes sense because if in Japanese it would be pronounced Kakariko. So I mean, I guess I should have known that. But either way, yeah. But I, I guess what's cool about this podcast is we've kind of delved into our personal experiences and how we made the game. And I think that's perfect because that's what Skyrim is all about. Skyrim is all yeah. about customization. And like I said before, not only is it your own character who you can make whoever you want to be, it's your own quest. It's your own story. And you can be the hero of that story or, you know, you're the fucking dragonborn. Who the fuck? You bow down to me, bitch. Like, <laughs> do whatever the fuck yeah. I want. Even the Greybeards tell you that. They're like, you're the dragonborn. You can do whatever you want. Pretty much, yeah. Like, this game... It's. Uh, I know it's a big game for a lot of people. I know for me personally, um, I love also the community that comes with Skyrim. I'm in um, Skyrim screenshotters on PlayStation. Um, you know, I'm in a lot of Skyrim pages on Facebook too. Um, and I actually do. You know, I plug the I plug the podcast sometimes, but I'm definitely planning hey, on plugging this episode um, because do. like this game is so iconic. Um, and and it's so big for a lot of people, and it brings a lot of people together because there's so many different experiences that you can have with this game, and it's amazing. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's kind of because we're, we're running up on an hour here. Let's I guess let's move into our final thoughts here. What are your final thoughts on the Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim, Megan? Um, final thoughts: If you haven't played this game, have you been living under a fucking rock? Because it's amazing. <laughs> um, I love this game so much. We've spent an hour just talking about our personal experiences. I could probably go on for five hours. If y'all ever want to talk to me about Skyrim, please don't ever fail to hit me up. I will talk to you and give you all the tips and all the shit you want. Um, I, I just love this game for, for its glitches and for its, its dialogue and its, its audio, everything. It's an amazing, beautiful, iconic game, and it deserves all of the repertoire and, and, and awards that it gets. Um, I honestly cannot wait for number six to come out. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to spend 300 plus hours playing number six. Um, I just, I, I love the Elder Scrolls series, and um, even though I only got to play a little bit of Oblivion because, you know, I had newer consoles, um, I, I'm so love and in love with Bethesda and, and what they've done with just this game and, and all of their games in general. Props to Bethesda for making a fucking game that's lasted a decade that's this fucking iconic. Yeah, Bethesda, you did that shit. A you game go, that honey. still holds up. A game that has easily hundreds of hours that can be poured into it. And even if you've finished all the you know main quest lines that come in the game, there's still going to be more shit to do. And if you've done everything that you feel like you can do in one playthrough, you can go play the game a completely different way. There is so much to do between the, the you know all of the stuff that came in the base game and the DLC. Which, by the way, I accidentally found myself into the Dragonborn quest line and then figured out that this shit was just a little too high for my level. So I, I was like, Nah, I think I have to get out of here. They automatically attack you at level ten. It's a, it's depressing. Yeah, so I, I think what was good for me was the idea that you know because of the way that the game saves, which was this was one of the first games that I know that I came across that did this, where you could just load previous saves, and so that was very handy. So if you went got too far in a dungeon and you just realized it wasn't for you, just load back a little bit. You'll have to redo that dungeon, but you don't have to do it now. So exactly, or you can just backtrack. It's not that hard to backtrack in a lot of those dungeons, guys. 
This is true. This is true. But yeah, Skyrim is awesome. I would recommend it to everyone. I think that there is something to enjoy no matter what kind of gamer you are. Um, I mean, there's parts of it that are kind of more bland to me, but I would I would say if you have felt like that, then just do the other things that there are to do. You got to give it a shot. And if you live in this day and age, and if you haven't played Skyrim, then you know, like Megan said, are you living under a rock? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of brought about this episode as a way to, I, I decided this is our anniversary because this is to celebrate a game that a lot of people have played. A game that is, that is remembered and played and, and just has an amazing, awesome legacy. And like you, I cannot wait to see what Bethesda does next with the Elder Scrolls universe. And, and it is going to be great. Well, uh, that pretty much wraps it up for now. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or feedback on your platform please. of choice. <laughs> please. Let your friends <laughs> know. Recommend Collateral Gaming Video Game Podcast and our sister podcast, Collateral Cinema Movie Podcast. If you like this uh, podcast and you also love movies, go check that out. We just released our uh, – not released. We just uh, recorded our episode on Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is going to be our holiday special. We recorded that with Victims and Villains. You remember Victims and Villains, right? He's Megan? so sweet. Yay, that's awesome. Yeah, we, we, we joined up once again with Captain Nostalgia. We maybe might be making it a tradition to record holiday specials with him. And we also guest hosted on his show for their holiday special on Fat Man starring Mel Gibson. And both movies were great. And we had an amazing time recording with Captain Nostalgia. And if you are, or someone you know is struggling, go check out their website, victimsandvillains.net. They've got a, a wealth of mental health and suicide prevention resources um, other than that, our ho holiday special is coming up. We're a little bit behind on schedule, but we should get it out by um, just, I think, a few days after Christmas. I think the Monday after Christmas is what I'm aiming for. But uh, we're going to get out. We're going to be talking about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Because <laughs> <laughs> holiday games don't really exist unless you're talking about, like, the Grinch video game adaptation or, or maybe like Arkham origins, I, I guess would work, but we decided I to go like with the a holiday season is more for like what's releasing in the holiday season. And this one, y'all I've only played a little bit. Uh, I played a little bit of the, the demo and, uh, hoo, 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 I can't wait to play this game for the podcast guys. Oh my God. Well, better get into it now. Cause we're doing it in a couple weeks. Uh, I know, I know. But well, I've got the entire holiday off. I haven't beat the game yet, but I've got uh, I've got off from work Christmas week, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play the whole uh, game through as as long as I can. Um, maybe but probably try to beat it. Uh, but we we really wanted to talk about a holiday release. I thought that was appropriate, and I really wanted to, I just wanted an excuse to to do Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So that's what we're doing. Like you needed an excuse. All of us were like Valhalla. <laughs> well. For me, I can't justify playing a game extensively unless we're doing an episode on it. So, <laughs> and I wanted At to this talk point, about me it. Me too. At this point, I'm like, am I going to spend sixty dollars on this game? Is it for the podcast? I'll wait. Awesome. I love that attitude because that's the way I have it. But I keep seeing games like on sale on Switch, and so I'm like, I really want to get the Borderlands trilogy. Let me just let me just get that. Or uh, not it, not not including Borderlands three, but one, two, and the pre sequel. I did the Bioshock trilogy just because they were there. And I'm like, at some point, we'll probably talk about this on the podcast, whether that's on an episode or a bonus round or whatever. But uh, speaking of which, check out our bonus round episodes. We're trying to get those out in the in-between. Haven't been as uh, as good on that as, as I wish, but it is what it is. We get out what we can. 
And we're getting there. We're we're kind of in a busy season right now, y'all. We got holidays and kids and all that fun stuff. So, you know, I've got a bunch of youngsters in my life that I got to be around for Christmas holidays and stuff. So, uh, yeah, um, we're, we're, we're busy, but we're trying to record for you guys and content. Well, I'm sure y'all are out there living your lives, doing whatever y'all do for a living. <laughs> we're providing content for you, okay? This is, we're, we're uh, what was the word? Not necessary. Uh Essential. We're essential workers, okay? <laughs> I am, though. I'm an essential worker. I work in healthcare, guys. I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, after geriatric patients, sometimes I don't want to record a podcast. I love y'all, but after yelling at a 30 or at an 80 year old lady, do you want a appointment reminder? It, it, <laughs> I, my brain hurts, okay? My brain hurts. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll stay tuned for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Go check out our previous episode on Assassin's Creed 2. Uh, or, uh, what am I talking about? The Last of Us Part 2. Fuck, my brain is, is not working for me today either. And then in January, we're going to be talking about Ghost of Tsushima finally, and I really, really, really am excited about it because I've played some of this game, and it's awesome, and I can't wait to play more and talk about it. Um, that's about it. We'll reveal more of what's coming up this season later. Uh, Megan's got some picks. Alan's got some picks. Zach has got a pick. So uh, it's all coming together. But y'all ain't um, ready for my pick. Y'all are going to freak out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We try to stay as active as we can with all that. And we got some fire memes, y'all. We are funny. Okay. Even if you don't listen to our content, <laughs> we're fucking hilarious. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm pretty, I, 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 I see a lot of like edgy memes come across my Facebook pay feed and I post those because I feel like we're a podcast. Like, fuck it. It's supposed to be edgy humor. So uh, just be warned. But nothing like that's, you know, actually racist or homophobic or nothing controversial. OK, we're just really funny assholes. No, controversial for sure. But there, 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 there's a there's a line that you tow. Between... Not, not ethically controversial. Yeah, Let's let, we're not getting into that point. We're racy, we not racist. Controversial shit. Yeah, yeah. We're, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, and so and and I like to think I'm I'm sexy, not sexist. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess we've uh, been rambling on long enough. Please uh, go check out Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcast. We've also got a Patreon page if you're not aware, and we have some Let's Play commentaries out on our Patreon. We uh, our Fable Three Let's Play is available for free, and our uh, we've got a, a Let's Play that I'm actively working on and adding episodes to on Breath of the Wild. We've also got an entire Let's Play out on Zelda CDI. Uh, I've started some other things that we're going to be releasing in, in in the future. So. Stay tuned. Yeah, I've for... been talking about being on the Patreon, but I haven't gotten there yet. We're working on it. Hey, if there's any game that you are playing uh, outside or you want an excuse to play and you're like, I, I can't really justify this if it's not for the podcast, make it a Patreon episode because uh, we're, we're looking for any kind of full game playthroughs that we're doing on there. But And if you, audience, if you are a podcaster and you want to be on, if, or if you're a, a gamer, if, if you're a streamer, if, if you have anything to do with video games or hail, you just really want to be on the show and you feel like you've got something to bring, please contact me. We'd love to have you on. We're always looking for guests. We're always looking yeah. to collaborate like Vanilla Ice. Stop cleverly and listen. <laughs> literally, we're called Collateral Gaming, guys. Like, literally, we will collaborate with Collateral. Okay, come on. Let's make it a hashtag. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess that's about it. So that being said, I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Megan Gomez. We are Collateral Gaming. We are out. Later.
Collateral Gaming is an L Company production. All music and game clips are owned by their respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor. <laughs>